G'day and welcome back to another episode of Bush Yarns. I'm Scotty Connell from Kimberley Spirit and I'm stoked to be able to bring you some more yarns from Mount Bush up here in the Kimberley, northwestern Australia. Let's get into it. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Bush Yarns. Sitting around the fire in one of the most beautiful locations on the planet with um, Maddie and Faith. How you going guys and girls? How's it going Scotty? Good to be here with you. Thanks for having us Scotty. We are good. Awesome. It's a pleasure and um, I've known you both for the last few years and um, you've both been down the Gibb and now you're up at Mitchell and um, all throughout the Kimberley enjoying the place yeah. and getting out and doing plenty of adventures and and all of that young couple stuff <laughs> and old couple stuff and whatever couple stuff but um do you just want to tell us a bit about how you got here maybe start with you matt and then we'll go to faith or vice versa yeah for sure. whoever's feeling it um and just yeah let the listeners know a little bit about how you ended up in the kimberley in the first place yeah awesome uh so i guess my family's kind of always been coming up to Broome a fair bit like we got some pretty close family friends that have lived up there forever so it was always the holiday spot yeah and um did a bit of traveling overseas when I left school and 2019 came around and I was looking for the next thing that I wanted to do and um I had a van I had one of the old four by four Delicas that we kitted out me and my dad and I guess that was pretty much how I moved out of home um, and yeah, went up the coast and made a bit of a road trip out of it. And it was it was funny how um, I kind of ended up staying up here, hey, because I didn't really have any plans to stop anywhere in particular. But um, I was working at this restaurant bar in um, just Bustleton, just on the foreshore there. Mm. And this guy, um, he was this like real loud guy in the pub. Um, he came up to me and we were kind of chatting about I was going to go up north. And he said, oh, when you when you get up to the Kimberley, you should get a job with APT. And so I was like, yep, righto. Didn't really think much about it. And every time every time he'd come up, he'd ask me what the company name was. He was like, what's that company name? It's APT. I kind of drilled it in my mind a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, yeah, it was cool. And um, I don't know, something just kind of told me to pay attention to that a little bit. Yeah. And um, anyway, long story short, uh, I was in Broome. I was kind of running out of money, looking for a job. Um, you know, applied to a few places. Nothing really came about. So, you know, sent it through to, well, not sent it, kind of really enjoyed the trip through to Kununurra. Mm. Um, like went into the bungles and you know had a had a good look around at a few spots. Was that your first time in the bungles? That was, yeah, that was my first time in the bungles, and I remember it just like blew my socks off. Hey, it was yeah. just one of those experiences that you know you're, you're walking through that place and you're seeing something so epic and unique like that for the first time. Just yeah, it was awesome. And mm. what ended up happening was. Um, I think I had like a hundred bucks left to my name in Kununurra, enough for like one more tank of fuel or something. And then got this email from the manager at APT mm. and um, like, yeah, it's kind of just worked out really nicely. Ended up working the second half of the season. So about three months 
at the Bungle Bungles Lodge. Um, had a few good adventures and you know going around to all the spots and or you know a lot of the spots out in the East Kimberley and seeing what that's all about. That was the first time I really had a good look around and ever since then I yeah just been coming back for more I guess. What was it like going just in seeing it for the first time and then going back and working there like yeah, it was, so quickly? It was like divine. It was like it felt like it was meant to happen, you know. It just yep. fell into place really, really nicely. Yeah. Because um, I had, yeah, I didn't really explain it too well um, being in the bungles, but like just that feeling or that experience, like having some sort of like, I don't know, some sort of connection to the place. Like you, you really feel it deeply and you yep. know, when you're walking through and you're seeing these places and stuff, I just really, you're like, you know how you connect with some places? Yep. And uh, you go somewhere and you feel it and you're just like, oh, this is, you know, this is, this is mint. Yep. It's kind of like that the first time I went. And I love you how you explained that first, first off the bat, you said you just had that connection and you just felt that, you know, you needed to, you wanted to be there or you just loved it. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, um, good, that intuition, those feelings to, to make the most of them sometimes and instead of ignoring them, just embrace it. Yeah, so I guess it kind of all fell into place pretty nicely. And um, so, yeah, for those who don't know, I guess APT is a big tourism company and they got a few lodges dotted around the Kimberley. They got three of them. Um, they got one at the Bungles, one on the Gibb River Road uh, at, near Bell Gorge and one up at Mitchell Falls which is where we are now yeah yeah and this is you've been at all three now yeah how the, good the trifecta ticking them all off the list <laughs> yeah it's so good <laughs> and what about you Faith how did you end up up in the Kimberley um I guess it's a similar story to Matt yeah um I was doing a bit of travel um but more luxury in a van and then unfortunately mm-hmm. that blew up and there's only so much you can see in a van in WA, and I was running low on money, so... Hang on, hang on. Where did it blow up? <laughs> <laughs> blew up in the Coobapedi. Oh. Yep, so... Out, whoop, whoop. Out, whoop, whoop, so it took yeah. me a while to find civilization, but... How, how long had you been travelling in it before that happened? Uh, almost three years. Oh, wow. How, how, old, how old were you when you started? 17. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just turned 17, got my licence, and I left like a week later. Unreal. Where was home then? Bustleton in WA. Yep. Yeah. And that was it. Out of there. Out of there. With friends or with anyone or just on your own or? Just on my own. Unreal. Yeah. What Had like a couple grand to my name that I'd been saving like weekend jobs and. Yep. Um, Sent it. Yeah. Just off I went. <laughs> Didn't want to go to uni. Yep. I knew there was more to life than that. So yeah, went in search for some, something more, I suppose. And yep. then, um, Found my way back home. I wanted to see WA, but I needed a four-wheel drive. Um, and then caught up with Matt um, during the summer in, in Bustleton, actually, and he was asking what I'm going to do now, and I didn't have any idea. And he said, oh, you should come up to um, Bell Gorge um, on the Gib for APT. Mm. So I applied, and the next day I got the job. So I got the four-wheel drive, yeah. and I did a roadie up there and yeah it all just worked out it was the last um location i needed to tick off my bucket list so yeah the gib or the kimberley or the kimberley yep yep. yeah i needed to do um that last little bit and then that was the full lap yeah so Ah, yeah okay 
ended up in at Bell and then yeah, now at the Mitchell Plateau. Unreal. So just back one more. It's um blowing a van up in Cooper Pedy. <laughs> does the van stay in Cooper Pedy or no, so I, my nana and granddad were kind enough to pay for my roadside assistance, but I thought I was only entitled to a, a hundred kilometres of free towing. Yeah. So I had to crawl the van at about 10, 20 k's an hour all the way from Cooper Pedy to Port Augusta. Whoa. And then I gave up, I sat in a servo and I called up my insurance and they said, no, you've got unlimited towing. Oh, no way. So they picked me up, <laughs> took me to Adelaide, and anyways, they said it was going to cost about five grand to fix my van when I paid about $900 for it in the first <laughs> place, so wasn't going to pay that. Yeah. And then in the end, all the um, records were actually like auctioning off my car, and I got $900 back for a broken van, so yeah. Good. yeah. Winning. Yep, I I won that. Yeah, I got my money's worth. It was a very cheap trip around Australia. Yeah, how good's that? That's <laughs> awesome. And you see so many people doing vans around Australia and just living it and doing it, but you don't see a lot of like young Aussie girls. It's young English girls yeah, and it's true, young yeah. every other girl. They were, or yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Lots of couples and lots of um, yeah, I guess um, foreigners, but not many actual Australians doing it. I don't think it's more common now. But mm. were you comfortable doing that, like out across the Nullarbor and stuff? Was there people around, or were you was were you okay? You okay with your own company, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. I I loved it. I always, well, even still to this day, I love my own time and my own space and yep. my independence and not having to, I guess. Compromise, sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, so yeah, Nudging I really. Each other. Yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed it, but um, I was lucky; nothing terrible really happened, um, which was yeah, pretty good. And yeah, I always had people close by and made a lot of friends and lots of convoys and um, yep. yeah, awesome adventures. So I was never really alone. Alone. On on that note, I feel like both of you have have that in you like it's is it unusual to be together and doing this now or is how's that going like i feel like you're both like you've done a lot of solo <laughs> missions both of you yeah yeah I it's think, um i think we've got like pretty similar interests you know yeah we, we're pretty keen to get out and about and you know faith's happy to rough it camping for a while and you know we'll send it up the gorges and do all that kind of thing so yep works out pretty well and yeah. you you do photography matt yeah that's my passion yep. yep for sure that's photography and videos what i've been um my creative outlet for i guess the last nine nine years or so yeah unreal i remember a couple of years ago you gave us a um poster um gave us a postcard from um the precipice range at down at imagery yeah <laughs> yeah i've still got that at home up on my wall it's really oh, cool true. Awesome, yeah man. i really like awesome. that and you, I think at the time you had a book as well from your travels through Sri Lanka or India, or yeah, that was um, that was a that was a good trip, Sri Lanka, India, and um, I was over in India when COVID happened, so unfortunately that trip got a bit cut a bit short. Um, I had had bigger plans. I was I sold all my stuff like, and was just ready to go for ten months. But I mean, I can't complain. It was pretty awesome. Like I got up to Kashmir and I. Um, met this really awesome family that I stayed with, and yeah, it's wild. So that that book that I gave you was kind of something that I wanted to do for like 
ages. This is make a photography book and yeah, bring it to life. So cool, eh? And those photos were awesome. I did have a flick through that, and um, and yeah, definitely got mm. some talent in that field. I look forward to seeing more from around here and around <laughs> the Kimberley and and what you guys get up to in that space. But um, back to Bell Gorge, it's where you've both spent time, and I've been through there doing my safaris and and um and see what you do there the day-to-day within the camp is you know buses and people like um self-driving um yeah. small tour operators like myself coming through and spending a couple of nights there and you guys basically run the place in as far as do you, do you want to tell people what you what you do just to, yeah. yeah yeah for sure so uh yeah so at bell the lodge is just um pretty much right off the gib it's about two or three hundred meters off the road and they've got um 26 tents there yep and um a yeah luxury tents so it's all um pretty fancy uh, they have their tour buses like that's kind of kind of mainly who it caters for i guess is yep. the apt tours um you know they get you know 22 max capacity i think 22 on a tour yep and so they'll uh, depends on their itinerary but they'll kind of do a loop um, through the Kimberley, you know, nine day, twelve day, fifteen days, they might come up here to the plateau, or um, or they might skip it and just kind of go straight through. But um, what we do is it's pretty much um, you know basic hospitality. So they'll have three course meal on the, on the deck and um, kind of they call it like the whole glamping. So mm. I guess it's a lot of the people who do, who actually do come out here, they wouldn't really normally be the type to, um, you know, pitch a, pitch a tent or a swag or whatever. So it's good to, it's a good way to get them, yeah, get them out here and to be able to share some of the beautiful places out here with people who wouldn't normally kind of rough it, I guess. Yeah. And it's definitely every bit of glamping. Those tents are absolutely freaking awesome down there yeah they're, they're big big safari glamping tents in the middle of the bush staring straight at the um yeah. at the range there and um just not far from imagery community which apt has um a lot of community liaison with like candlewell up here um do you want to share a bit about that faith about maybe um what it was like to live with an indigenous community so close and and getting to know family and people sort of coming and going and and how that goes down yeah, um, it was pretty good to start the season off at Bell because there had been some um, spirits there. So we were lucky to get Welcome to Country and we had the Imagery community come over and do a smoking ceremony for us all around the camp. Yeah, and that was awesome. Yeah, and yeah. through our tents and um, tell lots of stories about, um, yeah, just things that have happened and what they're about and they would come over often for dinner and we would go over and um, watch them paint their artwork and their stories and any stories that stand out or you remember um oh yeah well just just in front of the lodge there's the ranges there and they're pretty sacred there's a burial site up there so we're not you weren't allowed up there but they told us a story about um what happened and I can't really remember it word from word but basically it's about the the spirits watching over the community there and people trying to take their land and the Wanjana spat like ate them up and spat them and spread them all around the Kimberley there was like 
uh, uh, there was like a big tribal tribal fight in the in that area and um you know they were they were fighting and then the wanderers came and just yeah pretty much ate up and spat out the the tribe that was trying to take over their land yeah so yeah and there's a lot of um yeah burial sites and spears still left up there and yeah oh you know charlie yeah um he he came around one one time on his days off because amy was managing the camp there and um you know like saddler's spring like that yep. swimming hole there he just went for a stroll and and he comes up and he, i mean i went out with him and he comes up and he's picking up these rocks and i was looking at him like what are you doing what are you looking at and he he's found all these like artifacts yeah that they'd like um uh, is it called napping they'd, yep. they'd used like um you know wallaby and kangaroo bones to like you know sharpen the rocks to be able to make like knife knife tools to i don't know i guess they were using them to skin kangaroos or that kind of thing and he's just you know all just right next to the camp right there yeah so that was pretty cool he's got a good eye yeah he does absolutely and he was on one of the previous podcasts with Dungu. um you can listen to that guys it's a couple back or we a few back now um but we'll definitely get him on again and guys like um him and Vinny from el questro they're good mates there um those guys who sort of know what know what they're looking for in the most random places. Like I remember, um, like a really well preserved um, stone axe head right in the middle of El Questro Gorge. With thousands of people walking past it every year, oh, just really? hadn't moved. Yeah, right in the middle. And Vinny had found it one day, and he just put it aside and there, just keep it out of the way. But it was just like it was just unreal. And there's guys that have got real eyes for artifacts like that around the Kimberley, and there's been a handful of them. Um, over the years, it's just amazing what they what they find. You sort of, unless you're at a site actually looking and like really taking it all in. These guys like that are just actually just always picking up on you know random things like that because yeah. there really is so many, isn't there? Like you're saying, you've got a camp built right there, and you've got a creek going past it, like right at the edge of it, which is a beautiful yeah. creek, and you can find stuff like that. And the Kimberley's like that all over. It's yeah, sure so it untouched, isn't it? Yeah. So um yeah living living there on community was a, it was a pretty cool experience as well Matt yeah definitely I made um mates with Scotty boy who was uh, similar age he'd come around and you know would kick the footy and take the troopy out and <laughs> that was good and got good memories from that place and yeah I know just the whole experience kind of it's a good way to you know get away from all the madness I think that's why I keep coming back up here is um, you know, you you just do your work and you don't have to. It's a pretty simple life, you know. So yeah, and the um, there's a lot of people that come and go as well. Like from the from the camps, like come out there and it's just not for them. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say it's not for everyone. For no, sure. because yeah. it is a remote and it's a long way away from anyone. Is is there anyone that like what's the shortest length of time someone's come oh. for work? I know, I know what the bungles when I went there. I it wasn't when um I started, but you know, I heard people that season came for a week or so. Yeah, and, <laughs> and just pissed off because yeah. this year as well. It's too far away. From yeah, there, even well. even this year at other camps, it's just been a bit of a muck around. Hey, like I don't know if it's the like, you know, I think the group kind of sorts sorts it out like sorts themselves out pretty quickly. Yeah. Like if if someone doesn't gel or you feel like it, you it's just not for you then i think you know you find that out pretty quickly <laughs> because you're you're living and working with the same people yeah you know so yeah 
And you guys had a really strong team there at Bell um, in the time you were there, and yeah, and really efficient and just good value, like good friendly team. Oh, and, it makes and, a difference. And now you're all here. Yeah, yeah everyone, everyone <laughs> came up this way. Yeah, you're all up at Mitchell, which is understandable. It's absolutely beautiful down there and through the ranges and yeah. and out on the flat there. You've got so many options of things to do. But yeah, how, what brought you up here, um, Hope, um, Faith? Um, oh, well, Matt was really keen to experience a wet season. Yeah. And I wasn't so keen because I love the ocean. Dragged right But, yeah, yeah I, just, <laughs> I just thought... Why not? Like, it's the only time we're probably ever going to get this opportunity and to have this whole country to ourselves, basically, besides the community. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Matt and I, we had the opportunity to do some caretaking, so we thought we should, would be silly to take that up, well, to not take that up. So, mm. yeah, we sent it up from Perth if, three days yeah. Um, oh, and, yeah, yeah we to yeah got to Broome and... We started caretaking for just a, yeah, just over three weeks, nearly a month, up at the Mitchell Plateau. How cool is that? And yeah. So what day did you get up here in January, February? Uh we got up here the first week, first few days of April, actually. Oh yeah. Well, we, yeah. Got up, we got up to Broome like mid March. Yep. And then, um, Faith was kind of working in the office in Broome for a bit. Yep. And I went on a bit of a boys' trip to Kununurra. So Faith flew up to the plateau. Uh, well, we came up here start of April. Yep. Um, so she flew up from Broome, and I got up on the I got up here on the mail plane um, from Kununurra. So you pretty much had a month up here, like on your own, like yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, the only people that were up here was like the community. Yep. Um, Gaza, the Ranger. I don't think even Heli Spirit or anything was up here. I think they had just started setting up out back or they they've been doing renos over there this year so yeah there were a couple of people over there but um yeah had not, this whole lodge to ourselves yeah had had this lodge up to uh yeah had this lodge to ourselves so we were just kind of setting everything up and getting it ready for the season season oiling every piece of wood and furniture <laughs> in the whole <laughs> joint it was painful <laughs> yeah but now nah, it was awesome like catching that tail end of the wet season yeah mm soaking it in like it was really great it's such a special place as soon as you fly in here as soon as you get here having all the palms and having yeah. like just the terrain is just unbelievable isn't it yeah, yeah. flying is yeah amazing we, you know as soon as you get to the plateau oh yeah you know as soon as you get to the plateau <laughs> yeah. it's just green and the palms are everywhere and Have you, it's had so you been dense up here before? yeah we came up here on oh, our break last that, year uh, that's right. yeah yep. we were we were keen as like it looked like last year our break was going to kind of line up with when the Columbury Road was going to open up. Yeah. And so we were keen as to be like, you know, one of the first people to come up here last year. But yep. it didn't really work out like that. But I guess it kind of worked out even better because this year we, we went out and did that hike out to Mitchell before they'd opened the track up. Yeah. Before um old mate had like whippersnipped all the track and stuff. So we had like, there was no one out there. We just we just went out there on like like early April and was um, it pumping then? It was it was, it was hectic. Yeah, yeah, it was so cool to see. Yeah, like, beautiful. Um, I mean, we'd seen it like when we go up faith like late June, late June, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, nah, nothing like this time. I remember the river was f- like pumping, you know, yeah. to cross that Mitchell River. Yeah, and. <laughs> 
um, it's like a really, it's pretty shallow, but it's um, the water was flowing really fast. Like it'd kind of pull you, like you'd take a step. Yeah, it was really strong uh, current, and it, you'd take a step and it'd like drag your foot out to the side. Anyway, and the um, it's like all that silt and moss on the riverbed, mm. super slippery. Yep. So I had like, I took my camera and drone and stuff out. I had about six grand's worth of camera gear on my back. <laughs> And we didn't. We we kind of bit of had a bit of an oversight. Hey, we didn't really think to bring a dry bag or anything, but mm. we're just kind of shimming across the river, and we got across there all right in the end. But um, you know, went and saw the falls and all its glory. Mm. Like it was just such an awesome moment. Like you know, you know when you come around that corner, yeah, and you you can hear it as you're getting closer, and it's just like thundering down. Like it's so, you can feel the energy there, and it's like just so such a powerful place to be yeah absolutely and you set your eyes on it it's like oh that's something special and seeing it from the top at the start and then like walking around and seeing the classic postcard shot yeah, yeah and there's always a little rainbow there from the top it's um and what and there's always a little rainbow down the bottom yes <laughs> there is absolutely i love that i love that rainbow but, um yeah. yeah what you say oh i was just gonna say that the trouble that we had wasn't getting to the falls but um is getting back you know, uh, you know, like where most people cross, and they'd kind, they've kind of put some poles in there now. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's not where we came across, but we just thought it'd be quicker. We'd just go there, like at the top of that little waterfall. Yep. And um, we kind of were shimming across there, and I had my backpack on and stuff, and it got to this bit where it got like, I wasn't so confident. Like I was like, far out. This is, this is a bit sketchy. And um, I just said to Faith, oh, like, do you mind holding my bag for a second? And so I gave Faith my, my camera bag and took a step and just went ass over. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> just went right over. <laughs> so, yeah, I was so, so grateful that I gave Faith my bag to hold for a minute. But, yeah, it actually ended up getting to be one of those situations where, like, Faith went over. I was holding her, like I was holding her from, like you know, getting <laughs> falling down the waterfall. Yeah, that thing. Really? That, it doesn't look like um much of a waterfall, like mid-season, but that thing was churning, hey. Yeah. And I was just holding. I I was like, my foot was wedged in a rock. I was trying to like, you know, not go anywhere. <laughs> I'm holding Faith with my arm. <laughs> um, yeah. We, Nah, but it's all good in the end. It's all just makes for makes for a funny story, eh? Yeah, makes for a bush yarn. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, you got a big season up here. Well, in that time at the lodge, um, I know I've caretake places in the wet, and I've spoken to caretakers on bush yarns, and we've heard some sort of funny stories about. I guess in the wet season, there's like you're just saying, going down and doing the um like doing the Mitchell and, and having moments in the river. But what about up here? Did we have any rain in April? I can't remember. If, did we have, there was so much rain, yeah. Yeah. There were a few storms, few few decent storms for sure, like big lightning storms. And I think um, we we uh, had a look outside one day. We'd just finished up work and it um, looked a bit overcast, like it was coming in in the afternoon. Hmm. And so we checked like bomb on the map and it said, oh, there's probably going to be like about a mil of rain overnight. Yeah. yeah. 20% chance. Yeah, 0 to 20% chance you get about a mil of rain. And um, we checked the gauge the next morning. It, 
it pissed down all night. We got like 58 mils of rain (laughs) in one night. (laughs) Or in the Arvo and all that. Yeah. The whole camp was just flooded. (laughs) But we'd no joke be cleaning the lodge and we'd be on the other, like opposite sides of the lodge. And you just feel the thunder just go from the left side of the sky through your body all the way to the right. Yeah, it just rips and then right that's, across. Yeah, and then that's when Matt and I would just coo out to yeah. each other and be like, let's get out of here. Yeah. And yeah. then it all just, yeah, we, we, were, we were out there oiling all the decks on the tents and stuff with um, Pro Deck. You're meant to leave it for like, you know, 48 hours or something. And then the bloody rain would come and bucket down on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. <Spirit. laughs> but no, we had most. We had a, yeah, good probably two weeks of rain and then it dried up well not dried up but just little sprinkles here and there but pretty big storms like nice nice rain like warm like good tropical rain yeah yeah Yeah, and it really cooled the place down as well it was really pleasant days when it was raining and we have the little um creek here as well so that was Mm. just flowing like crazy and Oh, it's one of the most beautiful swimming holes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we would always crystal just, clear. Yeah, yeah, we'd just jump in when it was raining and just float on our backs and yeah, all the birds flying over and yeah, it was amazing. Anything else like any any um, bullocks come in or any oh. snakes or any? <laughs> yeah, yeah, had a few experiences with both. <laughs> yeah, right. We'd um, Faith and I were just staying in one of the guest tents and I think we woke up at about four in the morning one day to this noise outside the tent so you like opened up the window or it's like um sorry it's canvas it's not like a normal window you just unzip the canvas and there's some mozzie mesh and like just on the other side of the canvas there's this massive bull like you know <laughs> what thir- 30 centimeters away from our head <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that yeah cruising around what about snakes there's the taipans are up here in mitchell plateau yeah. and they're the, they're the deadliest snakes in the world you, have you seen any yet? Saw one. Yeah. yeah, we had a hairy experience the other week um, in one of the guest tents, actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> in their toilet. Yeah. Um, what happened was she she was just in her tent, and oh, sorry, she was just in her tent. Um, and the husband comes over to me, and we were like housekeeping, and he said, "Oh, there's um there's a snake in my wife's tent." do you mind like coming and have a look and maybe see if you can get it out and so he showed me a photo and it was this yellow thing that was kind of wedged bet- behind the toilet and like between the toilet and the the wall and I saw the photo I was like oh I just hope that's just a tree snake because <laughs> of the color and stuff you could it didn't look too uh too friendly but um a, we don't have any snake handling gear up here yet, so we just grabbed a small bin and a a rake. <laughs> and the lady was like, "Who had what? Did did you have the bin, um, Faith and Matt have the rake? I had the rake and Faith Matt had a metal, st- a wooden stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just directing. Bit, was there a bit of teamwork? Where the snake was? Ah, uh, yep, yeah. yep. Um, oh, on top of the bed. Yep. But yeah, we walked. <laughs> we walked in the room, and I'm. She said it was behind the toilet wedge between the walls. So I'm mm. spent about five minutes trying to like, trying to find this thing. I'm like, couldn't see it at all. And so I thought I just I just got the rake and just popped the top of the toilet lid off. Yeah. And um, there it was. There it was. Yeah, this 
big under the toilet lid. Under the toilet. Yeah, in that yeah, right. s- what do you call it? Like a cistern. Yeah. And um this big two meter taipan was yeah. just chilling in there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it came up and it got out and I put the bin next to it and hoped that it kinda crawl in there, crawl mm. like, you know, crawl out of the toilet into the bin, but um yeah, it's wishful thinking. And what happened was, did it knew you? It obviously knew you were there, and you're onto it. Was it arcing up, or was it? It just was a little bit nervous. Pissed? It was a yeah. little bit nervous, yeah. But I didn't feel like it was like, you know, it wasn't, you know, threatening us at all. It was just kind if of, it's like two meters, it knows who it is. Yeah, it knows what it can do, and it's yeah, yeah. definitely. It, it, those little ones, they get a bit jumpy, right? But yeah, screaming and carrying on. Yeah, we put the what's that. I was I was screaming and carrying on, so I probably scared it away <laughs> with my noise. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we put the put the bin down in the corner and hoped it would kind of like tried to encourage it to, you know, go into the bin, and I mm. just hoped that it'd be simply simply just close the lid up and take it out, and um, yeah, I tapped on the wall just to try and encourage it a little bit to get on the bin, and it came around the bin. <laughs> came straight out of the bathroom towards me <laughs> Faith standing up on the bed freaking out screaming <laughs> you jumped on the I bed I jumped too. on the bed <laughs> and we got out of there and it disappeared yeah it just we spent the next half an hour like you know you don't want to be complacent about those kind of things it could have been hiding anywhere it could have been up under the bed in the bed frame you know it could have been anywhere so we took it nice and slowly but we conclude that it got through one of the holes in the um f- in the canvas where it kind of like attaches to the frame or like f- or through the floorboards there yeah yeah and here we are sitting just out the back on the f- on the, on yeah. the flat <laughs> and there's yeah. a two meter yeah. type and this is around <laughs> here somewhere we had heaps of friendly pythons though that was yep. awesome to be able to pick yeah. them up and hold them and yeah yeah get some good shots beautiful creatures mm. yeah they are aren't they yeah. yeah so cool so this is the beginning of the season we're only just kicking off, really, and yeah. um, all of that. So there's a big season ahead, and and um, I'm looking forward to speaking to you both later in the season, perhaps, and and find out how things are going out here. And and um, yeah, is there anything else you want to share um, with with listeners at all about what you guys are up to or where you're going or yeah, any links to what you do? Or? It was um, it was pretty funny tonight. Um, did you see Paula out on the deck? Sorry? Yeah, yeah. So she Paula's the um, a lady who's um, works at the community school, so she teaches, or um, yeah, she teaches a lot of the kids um, out at the community just down the road. And um, she brought over a whole bunch of artwork, and um, we, I kind of got got a chatting to her. And you know, she was sharing it with all the guests, like Brownie's group were. You know, they they bought a whole bunch of artwork, like painted by Jaslyn and Kathy, Kathy and all that. And um, yeah, she kind of started talking. She wants to make a website and like an online store to be able to like help support the artists at Candy Wall and yep. um, you know, get their stuff out there a little bit more. And um, she said she wants to. Uh, do a few videos and stuff to kind of help explain the artwork and all that. Yeah, awesome. And so it sounds like I might be helping her out with that a little bit, which yep. would be really good. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. sounds like we're gonna, um, yeah, do some, you know, film the film them doing their paintings, which all their paintings is 
you know, about like Guyans and Wanjinas and, you know, you know, their one and bowl stories and stuff up here. So they're really connected up here, which is cool to see, like their connection to the land and their, um, you know, their culture and all of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really keen to try and get involved and see what I can do to help them in some way. Yeah, that's with, um, so cool. My photography and video. So, yep. you know, even just doing some small interviews with, you know, them chatting, talking about the significance of what they're painting to um, kind of give people a bit of, um, what's the word, context and a bit more understanding into that. Uh, it's going to be really cool. Yeah. So absolutely. it sounds like that's on the cards. So we're just getting, we just started getting the ball rolling with that tonight. Yeah. Awesome. Um, oh, I look forward to hearing how that progresses. Yeah. See how it goes. See how it yeah, goes. Yeah. And it is, it's, um, they're, they're wonderful people over there, Kathy. There's the Gunaks and who else? Um, there's a couple of different families there. Um, and guys that come down from Clumbaroo as well and in from Derby that are part of the family and, yeah. Yeah. and all of that. And, um, yeah, that's exciting. It's really cool. It's such a special place. I mean, if I don't know, probably if you could pick to, you know, to live somewhere in a Kimberley and to be from somewhere, this is right on the top of the pile, oh. isn't it? This is yeah, this be up there the for sure. Yeah, this place is out of the, out of this world, isn't it? And then like other spots on the coast, um, you know, locally to the south and to the north are both sort of equally as spectacular. Just so much, so rich in um, culture and arts and and. Um, a lot of amazing fishing spots and and big waterfalls and caves and just everything about it up here. It's just there's there's just nowhere like it's, it, is it? It's yeah, on an epic scale, hey. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and like Mitchell, it's like one of the grand waterfalls, one of the grand attractions of the Kimberley. And you guys are so blessed that you get to live here, as you already know. Yeah. And um, get yeah, to we're do this to be up here. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll, just can't believe that some of the oldest rock art is right here. Yeah. yeah. That we get to. Yeah, yeah, like when we when we go out with the groups, um, the rock art that we go out to is like thirty thousand years old, just at Little Mertens there. So and we have one of the traditional owners telling the stories behind it, walking with us. So it's just the whole experience. Very yeah, very grateful. We're really lucky. And it's so good. Warrnambool Gamba um, have done a really good job of that in the last few years, and like particularly since getting a lot of the systems in place with their permits and getting. Um, you know, traditional owners back on country to, you know, Ranger and, and having Munaru set up and having all this sort of stuff going. So it's kudos to them and the team that are in town sort of and out here as well mm. that are getting a lot of that stuff really pumping. They seem to have done a great job of it. Yeah, they really have. It shows for sure. Yeah. This is everyone's highlight when they come on the trips and things like that, I think. Yeah, for sure. And that's why all of us are up here for another season we wouldn't want to go anywhere else yeah so cool <laughs> no awesome guys i look forward to catching up later in the year but thanks for coming on bush yarns and sharing your story with everybody and how can people um see a bit of your photography or keep in touch if they want to reach out or um yeah yeah so um if I, I put a lot of my photography and video work up on my website if you're interested in checking that out so that was www.matthewbirchmedia.com um, and if you're on Instagram um, I'm just on Insta for Matthew Birch Media and Faith on Instagram too um, Mine's just Wandering with Faith and I have a link to my website as well where you can find my blogs and travels and everything like that yeah, yeah so cool 
Awesome. And um, for your listeners, um, yeah, any feedback, any um, anything, any questions or anything, if you want me to put you in touch with these two or um, anything like that, please feel free to sing out um, via DM on Kimberly Spirit Instagram or um, via the website, KimberlySpirit.com. Um, yeah, we love connecting like-minded humans and doing what we can to make sure you can all come up here and see this as well. Right now, we're sitting around the fires, billion stars above us. <laughs> yeah. We're a beautiful couple here. Which is, you can see the palm trees purely off starlight. It's just, yeah. there's no moon. And um, yeah, there's nowhere else in the world you'd rather be, is there? The temperature is absolutely perfect. That's true. That's true. It's um, spot on. So come and check it out. Thanks for having us. No, cheers, Scotty. It's a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. See you guys. See you, Scotty. You too. Enjoy. You. Cheers for tuning in to another episode. I trust you enjoyed it. To follow more of our journey, check us out on Instagram at Kimberly Spirit or the website KimberlySpirit.com. Stay stoked and God bless.